Vibes are great in Brooklyn right now. Thanks for asking, James Harden. So the Nets played the Sixer tonight. It was one of the most highly anticipated regular season games that I can remember. And I'm sure Philly was probably favored tonight. I don't know what exactly it was. I really didn't check, honestly. But the Nets come away with a victory, not by five points, not by 10, 15. They win 129 to 100, a game that was pretty much over in the middle of the third quarter and it feels phenomenal. So we're going to talk about this game, talk about the future of the Nets. Things are finally starting to look good. Of course, the Kyrie Irving situation with the home games is still looming over us, and hopefully that's settled soon. But things are looking good. Ben Simmons is coming back soon, apparently. A lot of good stuff, but tonight was amazing. Let's talk about it. Hopefully you guys enjoy the video, and let's get into it. So as I said in my last Nets video, I wasn't planning on making a Nets video until Sunday after that Knicks game. But after a game like tonight, where it's honestly probably my favorite win of the year... I was saying this was my favorite Nets win probably since the last time and the last time ever the big three played together, which was that game at Chicago mid-January when they won by a ton of points against the Bulls, who were like in first place at the time. So this is the best I've felt about a game since then. And how could you not feel great about it? I mean, the anticipation coming into this game was great. The stadium or the arena was rocking like the seats were like four thousand dollars down low the cheapest seats were like 200 something dollars they said this was one of the most highly anticipated games in the regular season and the brooklyn nets were gonna face a very tough atmosphere ben simmons specifically who yes was not playing in the game but the nets are not well liked in philadelphia we know that we've seen a net sixers series back in 2019 of course james harden goes to the sixers now there's some bad blood there we know that between these two teams and we know Joel Embiid and Kevin Durant the first two matchups have had some words together actually the last two out of three matchups I should say have had some words back and forth and I believe now the Nets have taken three out of the four games against Philly this year so that's also great news it's probably not going to matter based on seating obviously because they're in a much better spot than we are but it does feel great knowing that so this game started out pretty well. The Nets took a early lead and didn't really look back. I mean, uh, Philly had some momentum at one point in this game. Towards the late first quarter, Joel Embiid kept going to the free throw line. He had an N1 at one point. Andre Drummond got in quick foul trouble, hurt his ankle, got three quick fouls. Then Nick Claxton came in. And Nick Claxton is like that unsung hero who was honestly one of the bigger just impact players in this game like it may not look like it in the stat sheet I don't know his stats off the top of my head I can look real quick but Nick Claxton just watching that game was great and he is a guy who was one of the biggest reasons they won this game tonight Claxton played 22 minutes which is one more than Drummond he was a plus 13 had nine points four or five shooting had eight rebounds total two assists three blocks. The blocks were definitely big too. He blocked James Harden at one point. He altered a couple other shots. Nick Claxton was huge and he was very good at finishing down low. He had back-to-back -back possessions where Kevin Durant was being trapped on top of the key. Durant gave him a bounce pass and he got basically in a one-on-one -on -one situation with James Harden in the paint and made both of his layups. So he was very efficient tonight. He was in the right spots defensively because when Drummond came out, 
it was like, oh my God, we have to rely on Nick Claxton to stop Joel Embiid for like a full game, basically. Because at that point, we weren't even sure if uh, Andre Drummond was going to come back. He did, thank God. But at that point, it was like, we may not have Drummond the rest of the game and have to rely on skinny Nick Claxton to basically take care of Joel Embiid the rest of the game. I figured that Blake Griffin would come in to back him up, but Nick Claxton was the next guy in line to take care of the MVP uh, candidate in Joel Embiid, who definitely went to the free throw line a ton of times tonight. He was... 15 of 19 at the line. I think he had 17 free throws in the first half or very early third quarter. So he had a ton, of course. But the Nets had a tough time with him in the first half. But in the second half, the Nets and, of course, Claxton specifically did a very good job on Joel Embiid. And you can tell Embiid was kind of losing interest as the game went on. Once the Nets took a 20-25, 30-point lead, Embiid was kind of checking out and did not have that same intensity he did in the first quarter. But the Nets did such a great job, even defensively. This was one of the better Nets defensive efforts I've seen in a long time. And I was bitching about it after the Celtics game. I said they could not guard a pick and roll to save their life. It was Rob Williams, lob after lob, Jason Tatum uncontested layup. But tonight, I have to give credit to Bruce Brown. I have to give credit to Kyrie Irving. I am tired of the narrative that Kyrie Irving sucks on defense because I did not see that tonight. He was taking that James Harden matchup defensively and did a very good job against him. Harden, of course, was 3-for-17 from the field, but Kyrie Irving did a great job of, you know, stripped the ball a couple times, got a steal or two, and he was playing very good defense on pick and rolls, fighting through them. Same thing with Bruce Brown, something the Nets could not do on Sunday versus the Boston Celtics. They fixed it tonight, and they actually looked very prepared for this game, which is something they have not really looked like. You know, before that Charlotte game, I must say. Like, the Heat game, they probably should have won, of course, with the guys out. The Celtics game, they let up a bunch of points. Charlotte game, they looked great in the first half, kind of tailed off in the second half defensively. But this all around, the first three quarters, I mean, I guess in the fourth quarter, Philly had some momentum, but it doesn't matter. The game was over. But when the game mattered, the Nets were amazing defensively tonight. I feel like they weren't that bad on the boards either. I'll look at the team stats real quick. The Nets got out-rebounded by five, but it's really no big deal. I mean, it wasn't very noticeable. Shot the ball very well from three, 18 of 40 from downtown. Philly was only 40 of 36. And honestly, there were so many guys shooting the ball well in this game. Of course, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant come to mind. And those guys, I mean, look, I, I know that, you know, Kevin Durant's had some injuries here. I know that Kyrie Irving has his beliefs and has not played home games this year. But those guys in these big games, they always show up. No moment is too big for those guys. Durant played 32 minutes, 25 points, 10 of 17. Kyrie was big in the first quarter, finished at 8 of 17, which is not great. Kyrie had off early fourth quarter. Kyrie was off at that point, but the first quarter, two quarters, Kyrie was great. Seth Curry, though, was the guy I wanted to give credit to. I was, I was getting to him at some point. Seth Curry was 10 of 14 from the field, 4 of 8 from downtown, and Curry was hitting those big threes when it really started the game momentum they went on like a little 6-0 run 5-0 run 8-0 run and Curry would hit those threes to kind of take the momentum away from them so Curry did a great job he had five steals five steals and Seth Curry's not known as a defender but he was playing the passing lane so well it's pretty much like he knew Philly's playbook and knew what was coming and that's definitely a bad joke on my part but it's it seemed like he was one step ahead of them the entire night he had so many breakaway layups Bruce Brown had one as well I think Goran Dragic had one like they they were doing such a great job defensively playing the passing lanes getting their hand in on those handoffs there was one handoff on the Bruce Brown play where Embiid was trying to hand off to James Harden Bruce Brown stole it, Tomahawk the dunk, you know, right in front of um, 
of Joel Embiid. So it, it was there were so many great moments defensively in this ball game, and just the way they were contesting shots. Of course, I mean there were some moments in this game. Tobias Harris early third quarter had a couple open looks. They gave James Harden a couple open looks in the late second quarter, but outside of that, in the fourth quarter too, to some no name guy, I forget who it was now. I think it was Niang. They gave him a couple looks from three, but at the same, like you know, at the end of the day, they did a very good job defensively. Tyrese Maxey, I didn't hear about him the entire game. That was great. Holding James Harden a three of seventeen. Joel Embiid was five of seventeen from the field. You know, Thibault was one of five. Like, no one on Philly really had success offensively. The Nets made it tough for them. I mean, maybe there was a couple open looks, as I mentioned, but for the most part, the Nets were phenomenal defensively, and they finally looked like they had a great game plan to kind of mitigate what the Sixers do well offensively. And it feels great that the Nets were able to hand James Harden his first loss as a Philadelphia Sixer. That does feel great. And I made a joke before, James Harden was not even the best James on the floor tonight. It was, in fact, James Johnson, who, yes, did most of his damage in the fourth quarter when the game was over. But James Johnson was 6 of 7, 3 of 3. He had a crazy three-pointer that, like, hit the rim, hit the backboard win, and it was one of those nights. James Johnson was great. 16 total points in this one. Had three assists, three rebounds, but yeah, he he was really good in this game. Goran Dragic played some really important minutes. He played 22 minutes, was one of six, but he did have some very nice assists. I remember one play specifically, he went baseline from the corner, whipped a pass to Kevin Durant, who was wide open, top of the key, right wing area. He knocked down a big three for a you know momentum shift in this game. Uh, Drogic had seven assists in this game. I think he had seven last game too, I believe, or two games ago, whenever the hell it was against Boston. But yeah, he's been a really good distributor. He's been handling the ball a lot, of course, and he's been a big piece of this team. So seeing Drogic play well, he was a plus 14. That's big, of course, for a guy who had a long layoff. You know, Drogic only played five games with Toronto early on, took like two or three months off. Now he's back playing for the Nets and doing a very good job. Patty Mills continues to play well when Kevin Durant's here. It's just a correlation, I guess. Patty was four of six. He played in garbage time himself, but made some big shots. Two of four from three, 10 points in the game. Didn't do much else. He had two steals, actually. So, yeah, Patty Mills did play pretty well overall. I must say, Patty Mills has been really good since Kevin Durant's been back. Much more efficient, I must say. So, Bruce Brown in this game, he had some foul trouble. I think he had three or four fouls at the end of the first half. Might have been four, actually. I think Bruce Brown had four fouls at halftime. But he played very well in the second half. Had that breakaway dunk. He had that awesome play where he basically just, like, filleted off the backboard. It might have been around and beat, I forget. But it was a really nice uh, play by the Nets there and Bruce Brown to finish. I don't remember Bruce Brown hitting any threes. He was 0-1 from three, yeah. But there's, you know, finishing inside, being a defensive presence. He was big in this game, of course course especially in the second half and Andre Drummond while he did hurt his ankle he did come back of course he was three of six from the line but he did play a big role got seven rebounds had two assists so he was definitely a presence against uh, Joel Embiid especially in the second half Embiid had his way with him in the first quarter but the second half Drummond definitely won that battle and I gotta say it's no surprise but when 7-11 has played which of course is Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving um, the past three games our offense has been just absolutely dominant like the Boston Celtics who have been by far the best defensive team in the NBA the past month and a half two months we scored 120 against them that was the first game of Katie and Kyrie since like mid-January so of course like they had no I don't want to say no chemistry but they had not been playing with each other at that point it was the first time in a while they lost that game of course because Tatum went off they lost 126-120 but still 120 offensive points versus a great defense nothing to be mad about 
Then they put up 132 against the Hornets. 132 is ridiculous. Then tonight, 129 against the Sixers. I mean, the Nets, even without James Harden, right? It's I know it's like, you know, losing James Harden, it's not a good thing because he's a great offensive player. But this Nets team can clearly still survive without James Harden offensively. Having Kevin Durant, who might be the best scorer of all time. I don't know. I mean, just talking about like pure skill and all that might be the best scorer of all time. Then you have Kyrie Irving, who also is one of the most talented players of all time. You put them on the floor together and surround them with Seth Curry and Patty Mills and the shooters. It's it's going to work. And so far, it's worked out very well. And if they can put up, you know, over 120 points in most of these games, I like our chances. And I said this on Twitter, the Nets just have to be an average defensive team. They don't have to be top 10, top 5. They just have to be an average defensive team and they will be fine. That's the thing about this Nets team. It's their offense is so good right now that they don't have to be a great defense. They just can't be terrible like they were versus the Boston Celtics. So, I do trust our offense to continue to put up big numbers. There's going to be off nights here and there for the most part, but there's so many weapons now on this roster. They are so much deeper than they were pre-Harden trade, getting guys like Drummond and Curry, eventually adding Ben Simmons. It makes this roster so much deeper than what it was just you know a month and a half ago. So right now I'm wondering, what is going through the head of James Harden? I wonder how he feels, honestly, because... You just think about it. He basically forces his way out of Brooklyn, quits in that game at Sacramento. He was 3 of 12, whatever, had a ton of turnovers and just played like crap. Then had the hamstring tightness. Then gets traded, of course. He wants out of Brooklyn. And I, I just wonder how James Harden feels after this game. I know Philly overall has played well. I think they're 5-1 and one now since the trade, which is great. You're not going to complain about that. But seeing the team that traded you or the team you asked to be traded from absolutely annihilate you on your home floor I just wonder how that feels like James Harden wanted to win an NBA championship that's why he left I'm sure the relationship with Daryl Morey and wanting to play with the MVP candidate in Joel Embiid had a lot to do with that but at the same time leaving Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is a bold move and if Kyrie Irving does get reinstated for these home games, it's just not going to be a good look for James Harden. Of course, the Sixers, based on how many games are left and the standings right now, are going to be a better seed than the Brooklyn Nets. But right now, if you ask me who's going to go further in the playoffs, I mean, it's hard for me to not say the Nets. I mean, they look fabulous right now. And if they can keep this up and stay healthy and get Kyrie for home games and get Ben Simmons back in the next week, which they should, and he fits in nicely, I mean, they're going to be even better. So... You know, Ben Simmons would have been the difference of winning against the Celtics on Sunday. Like, that's how big he could have been for this team. We know about the history that Ben Simmons has when guarding Jason Tatum. It's been favorable for Ben Simmons in the past. But, you know, this team adding a guy like that just is going to make a big difference. And the crazy part is Ben Simmons is mostly going to play the role of James Johnson. And I'm not saying, like, James Johnson's the worst player in the world. I mean, he's had his moments this year. He's also had some very bad moments. But replacing Ben Simmons with James Johnson is a very big jump in terms of talent and being able to help the team. So that leaves me excited, but I just wonder what's going through the mind of James Harden after a, a night like this. Like, is there any regret in his mind? Of course, it's over with. The trade deadline's over. You're not leaving Philly now. So, you know, it's, it's just crazy to see that, though. It's only one game. You can't get too ahead of yourselves. But, like, at the same time, like, this is what this Brooklyn Nets team is capable of. And I think Harden knew that. I think he always knew that. I don't know if he just got impatient or whatever and just couldn't deal with the Kyrie stuff anymore. But we always knew this Nets team was capable of playing at this level, whether it was with James Harden or with 
players that we trade James Harden for. Like, when you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving once again, you are going to be one of the better teams in the NBA. And now, of course, as I said, they have better role players, better depth now that they got three players back for James Harden. So I just wonder what's going through his mind. I think Philly has their own problems they have to take care of. I mean, Philly, as I said, they are 5-1, but they had two wins versus the Knicks, I believe. One of them might have been against Miami or Cleveland, and the other one was the Timberwolves. So it's not like they were the most impressive wins, but, you know, Philly has their own problems. They're going to rely on free throws. That's how they are. But once again, this is a Nets podcast, so it is what it is. So for the Nets going forward, now there's, you know, Nets fans talking themselves into being out of the playing tournament. And I hope they're right. I really do. I don't want to be in that playing tournament, but. At the same time, just looking at the standings, which I'm pulling up right now, it's going to be tough because I do think there's 16 games left now, and the Nets are still in that eight seed. They would have to get to the six to you know avoid that playing tournament. They would have to gain five games on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I believe we play the Cavs one more time this year, so you can get a game there, but you're going to have to win a lot more games than they're going to win over the next 16 games, and that's not a lot of time. 16 games is not a ton, so... It's possible. I'm not going to sound like it's not I'm not going to make it sound like it's impossible, but just I think the Nets are more likely to jump the Raptors and get to 7 than they are to get to the Cavaliers. That's, that's no surprise of course, but it's just hard for me to sit here and believe we can catch Cleveland 5 games back. I think we may have dug ourselves too big of a hole there, but you know, once again, so far I made that schedule prediction um the game before the Celtics it was after that Heat game and so far I'm 3 for 3. I said, you know, we're going to lose versus the Celtics, win versus the Hornets, win versus the Sixers. I didn't know how much I believed myself with that one, but we did beat the Sixers. So so far it's 3 for 3 and I think I predicted like 12 and 5 the rest of the way. So so far things are looking fine and the next 4 games we have 3 very winnable matchups. Sunday, 1 o'clock game, another 1 o'clock game, I hate these things, but 1 o'clock game, home versus the Knicks, I'm hoping, praying, let's all pray as Nets fans, that the Kyrie Irving mandate thing is lifted tomorrow or Saturday, and we can get Kyrie at home for Sunday, but even if not, I would hope the Nets can still beat the Knicks with just Kevin Durant. I know the Knicks have played better lately, but it just seems like when Kevin Durant's played the Knicks in recent years, it has not gone the Knicks' way, so I'm hoping we can win that game. Then you're at Orlando on Tuesday, which nothing's a layup in the NBA, but Orlando stinks. You should win that matchup. Then they have a back-to-back home game versus the Mavericks. That's going to be a tough one. That's why the next four games, I'm expecting to win three of them. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm predicting. I want to win three of the next four. Then on Friday, the game I'm going to... The home game versus the Trailblazers, which people are saying in the net spaces, it's a rumor, I don't know what the sources are, that Ben Simmons may make his debut for that game, which would be awesome, because I would love to see that in person. So hopefully Ben Simmons is back as soon as possible. I'll take him on Wednesday or Tuesday, but if I got to see his debut in person, that would be sick, and I hope I do get to see that. But the more important thing is the Kyrie Irving mandate stuff. There's no news coming out, really, but you know we know about the logic and how it doesn't make sense what's going on here and, and how Kyrie can sit courtside but can't play in the game. We know it makes no sense. I'm hoping that in the next 48 hours, we hear some news that Kyrie Irving can actually play in Barclays Center because it would help a lot against the Knicks. It would help a lot against the Mavericks. It would help a lot against the Trailblazers in these next three out of four games. So we'll see what happens, but just take it one game at a time. I am hoping that we win at least three out of the next four. I think four out of four is possible, but that back-to-back game against the Mavericks second half 
is going to be a tough one. They're playing well. Our man Spencer Dinwiddie's been playing well for that team, so good for him. But it's going to be tough to, I think, catch the Cavaliers, who we are five games back of right now. So once again, awesome night. The crowd was great. We heard some Brooklyn chants. We heard some F Ben Simmons chants, which are always funny. But um, I think the Nets had the last laugh tonight, I must say. They definitely had the last laugh. A lot of Philly fans were leaving in the fourth quarter early on, so... Kevin Durant was making some uh, remarks in the post-game interview saying that he was hearing more Nets fans at the end. And, you know, it's a, it's a fun rivalry. It really is. I mean, I feel like the Nets have a rivalry with a few teams now. The Knicks come to mind. The Bucks come to mind because of the playoff series last year. But the Nets and Sixers rivalry j definitely takes on like a life of its own because of this trade at the James Harden, Ben Simmons swap. And of course, Seth and Drummond, but, you know, not as important as the other two. But you know, that trade really just amplifies like what this rivalry is and what it has been the past few years. And, you know, Kevin Durant got in Joel Embiid's face today and it's all good fun. It's been, it's been fun, especially when you're winning these games. So it's just, it was a really fun night to be a Nets fan. And hopefully this continues. As I said, as a Nets fan, I always expect something to go wrong. So I'm sure at some point, something's going to just derail our season for the 80th time in the next couple of days here. But I'm just hoping that we can get through this regular season healthy and get into the playoffs with Ben Simmons playing with Kyrie Irving full time. And I do believe, as I said last video, when making that schedule prediction that the Nets can beat any Eastern Conference team in a seven-game series. I still feel that way, and after seeing what happened tonight, it validates what I thought before. Once again, it's only one game. Don't want to get too ahead of myself, but let's be honest. When this team's healthy, they are, I think, the toughest team to beat in the Eastern Conference. So, that'll do it for the video. I hope you guys enjoyed. It was a great night to be a Nets fan. And let's hope there's many more nights like that going forward. Hopefully we can beat the Knicks at home on Sunday. I hope Kyrie Irving can play in that game, but we'll find out. And I will talk to you guys next time.